0: Welcome back to that so fringy podcast. I am Kristen and I'm Rick and we have today a guy by the name of John Clash. That's right. He has a book out called law of attraction, a gateway drug to spiritual heroin. Mm-hmm. And he comes to us from Puerto Rico, but he's got quite a story as a background in Santeria. Uh, the only thing I know about Santeria is, uh, the, song i don't practice santeria <laughs> that's really all i ever knew about it so he kind yeah. of explains a little bit what it is which was really cool
1: yeah it's interesting and then you know you are finding obviously as his book um subtitle says that there's it's a gateway drug to some some weird mm-hmm. stuff
0: yeah the uh, law of attraction he breaks down what it is and where it came from and it's good stuff
1: Super really cool guy really good stuff we had a really fun time getting to know john yes. and uh you know we hope you enjoy the episode so don't forget to like subscribe all those things all
0: those things let us know if
1: you like the video because we're actually here it's us it's look. real
0: we're real people look
1: it's us okay i won't do Wait. that anymore
0: this is
1: awkward and weird. yeah
0: you made it weird rick
1: well when you get spirit fingers oh you can't stop afraid these are spirit fingers. oh there they are All right, you guys, let's get into that episode. All right. Three, two, one, let's go. Uh,
2: It's called Law of Attraction, A Gateway Drug to Spiritual Heroin. That's right. it's, It's a mouthful,
1: I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's got a book out. Called the Law of Attraction, and uh, we're going to let him tell you a little bit about that book. Uh, we wanted to promote it because we heard him on another podcast, and we just, you know, really enjoyed his, um, you know, just the way that he was presenting the message uh, of his book. But we don't want to do any spoilers. We want to let him get into that information for you. Uh, but John, we just wanted to throw it to you to where you can give kind of a brief background of how this book came to be what kind of led you down that road. And then, you know, how, how, uh, how you ended up with this book in hand. Definitely. Well, Rick, Kristen, thank you so
2: much for having me on here. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a pleasure. And the title of your podcast is so awesome uh, because (laughs) I'm into the fringy stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. And it's when you're talking about fringe topics, right? There's it's like you don't have to believe every single thing that you hear in the fringe topic, you know, mm-hmm. genre, but it's still super interesting mm-hmm. in in many aspects. And it gives yeah. you it gives you rabbit holes to go down. And I'm a rabbit hole follower, and that's actually how <laughs> I, I uh came up with the book. Um so I was, uh, you know, there's a there's a whole other background, but I'm just going to like skip to the point of uh, getting involved in law of attraction. And for those of you that are listening that don't know what law of attraction is, it's a new thought slash new age philosophy or spiritual Mm -hmm. worldview in which they say that like attracts like and what that means is that whatever your predominant thoughts are whatever you're saying the most your words have power your thoughts have vibrations your words have vibrations Mm -hmm. and those vibrations connect with the vibrations of the universe and whatever you're thinking or speaking you are attracting back to yourself so it's it's kind of like sorcery except they put a science Mm -hmm spin on it and uh but then when you dig into the science it doesn't really make any sense um so that's essentially what it is and it's it's really popular it was popularized by the book the secret well that's just i would say modern popularization mm-hmm. was uh is that even a word popularization
1: it is now buddy
2: um,
0: it yeah sounds right.
1: you just <laughs> put it together
2: there's a lot of syllables um yeah. <laughs> So it's become popular uh, because of this book, The Secret, and now it's becoming even more popular. And uh, so I got into it um, through business, right? Whenever you're in business, especially in sales, people, if you're on somebody's sales team, they look for ways to keep you motivated. Sales is tough. You know, it it is. You have to face a lot of rejection. Um, your, your family's going to tell you you're stupid. Like it's, it's just a whole, like, just go get a real job. You know, it, it, there's a whole mess that comes with it. So it is important to train your mind to think positively when you have so much negativity heading your way. So sure. one of the ways that they do that, and I've noticed this after being in the industry for about 10 years, is that you can't look left, can't look right without eventually bumping into somebody teaching you the law of attraction mm-hmm. right yeah. and it goes beyond just and i tell this to people i'm like why don't we just tell people that it's better to think positive than it is to think negative because mm-hmm. that is practically mm-hmm. like, practically speaking that's a good idea right, yeah, it's right, just, right. <laughs> it just is why don't we just yeah. say hey this can get pretty tough so it's important to Train your mind to focus on the positive, not ignore the negative, sure. but focus on the positive and and you know keep keep moving in the direction that you want to go. Mm-hmm. And instead, we teach them that if you focus on the positive, the universe is going to somehow conspire and bend to your will and give you, right, you all of the abundance. Yeah, yeah, oh, that word manifest is is uh, it hurts my soul whenever yeah, that's I a hear
1: you on right.
2: Yeah, whenever yeah, I hear yeah. it.
1: It's like, what, do you, what are you trying to say? Manifest. Like you, like you have some kind of creative power uh, from yourself mm-hmm. that is going to manifest something, and there's not this higher power that's going to actually uh, do that for you. You're, you're yeah. thinking, I am the one doing it. And that, that's a really slippery slope mm-hmm. because we don't really have any power apart from God, in, in mm-hmm. my opinion.
0: Right. It almost reminds me of the word like conjuring, like, like you're Mm. trying to conjure something, which is a very kind of satanic practice also. So that is very true. That's I've never made that
2: correlation. That's good. I should have uh, spoke to you before I wrote the book. Yeah. Um, But what's interesting is when you just look at the definition of of manifest, right, Um, in the definition, it says just to bring something into fruition. And in it, it says, like, work towards bringing something into fruition. But that's not how it's defined within law of attraction and, and New Age spirituality. It's defined as if you think about it the universe will manifest it for you because in fact you are actually one with the universe and the universe is god so therefore you are god and you can create things in the same way god creates things because you are god you know it's this uh goes back to the first lie um told you know told in the garden eat of this and you'll be like god and Mm -hmm. we we, you know we take a, a bite into the forbidden fruit of the law of attraction and it opens up this gateway drug it's a gateway drug to yeah. all these other new age practices and that's that's essentially why i wrote the book because i went down a rabbit hole of of you know what is it what is this law of attraction thing because it was painted to me as science right so i wasn't a believer then i became a believer and i still practice the law of attraction because i didn't know it was new age spirituality. Mm-hmm. It was Whoa. painted as this neutral thing of yeah, this is just science. This is what science says, <laughs> and um, that's a loaded word too, science because it's a it's an umbrella term. So you got to be like, all right, which which branch of science are we talking about here? But to the to the regular average person, you hear that. Um, and you're like, oh, science says blank. And you just think blank is true because science says, we all just went through this, right? We yeah. all just went through yes. this as a world. Yeah. Um, yep. so I continued doing it, but then I, I, eventually, I guess it was Holy spirit conviction. I can't tell you when it happened that I started really looking into the law of attraction and mm-hmm. what it was rooted in. But when sure. I went down that rabbit hole, I came across people like Helena Blavatsky and, uh, Phineas Quimby. Phineas Quimby and um, these like spiritual characters and, and uh, like Alistair Crowley and all these mystics. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, this is, this is not Christian at all. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just, it's not. And the thing is, they'll tell you that it is Christian because they'll, they'll use, you know, asking each, if anything you ask, believing ye shall receive. They're like, look, see the Bible teaches the law of attraction. Not knowing that that is completely pulled all the way out of context um right. and, and equating the god of the bible with god of the you know with the universe somehow um so i just went down this rabbit hole and every layer that i peeled back it was just like uh, uh it's like leaving garbage in the in the can for too long outside waiting for it to be picked up and then the garbage the sanitation doesn't come and then when they finally come there's like all these maggots underneath it it was just like Maggots of lies that was underneath everything they said science proves it maggots of lies under that Um, You know, this is compatible with Christianity maggots of lies under that this is a natural law of the universe maggots of lies Under that and it's just lie after lie And then you you get into the business side of it And it's just a whole bunch of people telling you that you can get rich from uh, You know the abundance of the universe by accessing this secret knowledge Meanwhile, the only reason that they're getting rich is because they're just telling you that you can get rich if you buy their stuff and yeah. if you go to their spiritual warrior retreats. And yeah, so I, I just, that's how the book came about. Cause I was just sick of having conversations with people who weren't listening. And I'm like, you know what now, now if I talk to you and you ask me these questions, I could just say, Hey, go, go read the book. If you don't read yeah. the book, you don't actually want to know uh, the answer to your questions.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, no. And it's great. It's a great point because, you know, a lot of people talk about the law of attraction as if it's it's the only way, you know, like that's the only way to to get what you want in this world is to put out these positive vibes. And, you know, there's it completely sidesteps hard work. And dedication, you know, and all of those things that long suffering, all of the things mm-hmm. that are the fruits of the spirit where you're supposed to, you, I mean, Paul talks about it multiple times in the New Testament of the, this new kingdom that we're in now is, is going to be struggle city for you guys. And Jesus mm-hmm. even said it, like this is going to be struggle city for you. And if you think that you're just going to be riding around on this Jesus bus and everything's going to be okay, it's not. And this whole law of attraction flips that on its head and says, you know what, we we think that we're better than God and we can figure this out. And that sounds a lot like Babylon to me.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I would agree. It sounds a lot like Babylon, but there's also churches that teach this stuff just just Mm -hmm. uh, under like a a word of faith type Mm -hmm. uh, type theology in which we can speak things into existence and that's why you see people like uh, kenneth copeland uh those crazy videos of him like holding his hand on his head telling the whole entire congregation to say hair grow because they believe that if they speak this to their hair it will actually create and manifest little follicles look i was desperate i tried it Mm -hmm. it didn't work
1: Okay. How yeah. does it, did, it did I'm not you. I was doing for you, Rick? <laughs> yeah, you worked, you
0: worked, you. Right. <laughs>
1: okay, I I need to get Kenneth Copeland over here. Maybe protection. he's the only one that could save us.
0: It's quite it's quite possible, quite possible. But then he'd have well, to get on, you know, Crowley that that said the new age is Satanism rebranded. I mean, no, that was actually like that Anton. Else. That was Anton Levay. So just
2: uh, you know, just the most famous Satanist ever uh you know he said that um and i'm paraphrasing i have the actual quote in in my book but he was addressing his congregation if you could call it that and he said that you know maybe maybe it's time that us satanists reclaimed these new age practices for hmm. ourselves where they rightfully belong because uh lining the, the books of new age bookstores, you find things for astral project, projection, divination, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it's crystals and, and you find all these things that are really just ours, essentially, you know, as mm-hmm. Satanists, they're ours. Mm-hmm. And, um, he said that all new ages is, is trying to play the devil's game without using his infernal name.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: mm-hmm. I think that when the, Author of the Satanic Bible says that, "Hey, what you guys are doing is actually ours." That is red flag city, right? Right. Yeah. There, right.
1: You know. I mean, he might know a thing or two about Satanism. Uh, it's quite and, possible and what they believe. You know, <laughs> yeah. so I, I would I would judge him to be a pretty reliable source in yeah. this case. Yeah,
2: although he was bald.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. So his hair, you know, all, all that law of attraction stuff. I mean, maybe he didn't do any law of attraction for his hair or speak it into existence for his hair. Or maybe he was just going for like the creepy bald dude look that (laughs) I got going on, you know?
1: Yeah. Maybe that's what brought us together today is our bald heads. It's quite possible.
2: (laughs) So I have, I have friends who are just as bald as us and they say, you know, our, our, our hair just, just moved from the top to the bottom, you know, it just, it migrated.
1: Yeah, that's the move. You got to have a beard, or or the bald head is useless. It's like there's it a statement that has to be made. Yeah, right. unless you want to be
2: Moby or something.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Moby. Oh, that's good. Well, so man- if you don't mind, could you tell us a little bit about kind of your history, like you know your testimony at a younger age? Because I know you went through some, you know, cultish type stuff um, yeah. as far as religion before you became saved yeah definitely so i
2: was pretty agnostic slash atheist growing up um did not grow up in the church we did like the cultural catholic thing when i was younger um but my father is an atheist even today so one keep him in prayer because that's like yeah (laughs) it bothers me so much yeah Um, not not because i want to be right you know what i mean but just because it's it's my father um but so that was pretty much, uh, as far as God went in our home. Um, and then when I got into like my teenage years, I was involved in gangs and drugs and selling drugs, using drugs and all, all this type of debauchery stuff. I was violent. I was angry. I was, you know, I, I, sometimes I don't like telling my testimony cause I feel like it's so cliche. Like, Oh, I was so bad. And then Jesus came and I was so good. You know, it's just, it's, is the cliche, but it, it happened for me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so at, uh, at some point in this, um, you know, debauchery I was living in, I was invited to, um, a a centurion session or they, they, um, I call them seances, but that's not what they, what they called them. Um, but I didn't know what I was going to. And it was, um, it was painted in this way, like, hey, you got to come to this thing and this lady will tell you your future. And I wanted to be a famous rapper. So I just wanted somebody to tell me that in my future, I will be a famous rapper, right? right. That's, yeah. that's what I wanted. So I went there. I got all that in a bag of chips way more. Uh, yeah. So long story short, I show up. It's like a party, right? Everyone's mm-hmm. drinking beer, smoking cigars. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, I... I this is the coolest psychic session i've ever seen you know (laughs) yeah
1: right Uh, not what i was expecting it's a lot brighter in here than i thought it would be
2: (laughs) what's funny is actually dark in there Mm -hmm. um it was so it it was like a a party but there was an altar there and i didn't really i didn't really think too much of it because i just i thought it was kind of just uh you know um Part of the culture, I I associated it with like Roman Catholicism because, you know, you see people lighting candles to the saints and stuff like Uh that in Roman Catholicism. So I'm like, oh, all right, whatever. Didn't really think much of it. Then um, the atmosphere shifted. Right. And this woman who I actually know, um, she started changing personalities. Right. Mm. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? You know, this is you got to understand. I'm like agnostic but I still watch like ghost stories and stuff like that mm-hmm. on TV. Okay. Um, but I'm watching this and I'm just like, what is going on here? But I'm also like, this is bugged out, but whatever, drinking the beer, smoking the cigars, <laughs> you know, just right. I'm here for the ride. My friends have mm-hmm. invited me to worse things. Right. So, <laughs> um, actually, now that I think about it, no, they, no, they haven't. Cause that was pretty demonic. That was probably the most demonic thing I was invited to. Um, but as at that time, <laughs> Yeah yeah. World yeah. worldly and subjectively speaking I'm like yeah they they've brought me into worse situations than just some weird stuff going on. So that's funny. Anyway, I um she she's changing characters, right? Like every time she she changed it's like a different personality and I don't I'm not really sure what's going on. I didn't actually find out till much later, but um then she finally starts going around the room and talking to people so i'm like oh this must be this must be it this must be when they're gonna mm-hmm. tell me my yeah. future yes i'm gonna be a famous rapper ah you know this is uh it's all this coming is how together. yeah yeah so she comes to me And starts talking to me and understand this woman doesn't speak English, right? She speaks um, only Spanish. And I I knew her because she was related to the person who invited me. And Mm. uh, I knew that she didn't speak English. So the first bugged out thing that happened was she started telling me about things that I've never told anybody, Mm. right? Things Mm. that happened in my life that I never told anybody. So I'm like, oh, this is... This is crazy. And I have uh, somebody translating for me, right? She's speaking to me, but somebody's translating what she's saying. Mm. She also um, started talking about dead relatives that I had that nobody in the room ever, Mm. I've never mentioned to anybody, right? Mm. So I'm like, wow, that's uh, that's a little crazy. Then I'm noticing that she's asking me these, she's talking to me in Spanish. I'm getting it translated. I'm responding in English. The translator is not translating and she is still responding to me. Mm. And I'm like, I know this woman does not know English. How is Ooh. it that she knows what I'm saying is responding in a coherent matter and mm. answering my questions without the translator? So mm. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but there, there's some reality to whatever is going on right here. This is... Yeah. There's something legit here. So, uh, long story short, she told me, um, she's like, listen, we know you want to be famous rapper. We know you want to be on stages. We, I remember her saying bright lights, right? We know you want the bright lights and uh, all of this stuff, mm-hmm. and we're going to give it to you. All you have to do is X, Y, Z. And she gave me a list of things to do. But here's the thing. She's saying we. Right. Like we are yeah. going to give this to you. So I'm like getting this translated as we. And I'm like, I'm not asking the questions, but in my mind, I'm yeah. like, we, I'm like, is this some like venom thing from Spider-Man? You know, right. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah. So anyway, she, uh, she tells me that I got to like ma- essentially make the altar, right. That, that was in their house. I had to make it in my house and mm. my apartment. And I'm like, all right. Mm let's do it. So I make the altar. I light my candles. You, you put, um, like some candy and water and some, some of the saints like alcohol. I didn't even know these were saints at the time. And don't worry, I'm going to explain what, what all that means. Um, in a second, but so I do all this stuff and that was pretty much it. But then good things started happening in my life. As far as my music was going, um, I was getting recognized. I won underground music awards. I was like, really things were moving a little bit i was getting a buzz we called it right uh yeah i was uh, i had a buzz around my music and my name relatively speaking um you know so i'm like all right this stuff must be working so now i'm in i'm I'm lighting the candles i'm doing all this stuff but i I don't even essentially know what this is yet so i eventually get to a point where i'm like where i ask uh, one of the people involved i'm like hey what the heck is going on here like what are we doing And this is when they break down, uh, they told me a half truth, right? So they said, um, that each time that this woman changes personalities, she's getting possessed by one of the saints, right? And meaning like St. John, St. Matthew, St. Michael, right? Uh, you know, she's, she's turning into these, uh, being possessed by these saints. So that way they can communicate with us and help us with our lives and do things for us so i'm like oh okay well that makes sense cuz like i i got no spiritual discernment when this is going on mm-hmm. sure, so i'm sure. like all right sounds good right like if this if these are the saints and you know i don't know much about the bible but i do remember the saints you know, mm-hmm. I, I do remember this stuff. And so I'm like, all right, if they're saying that that's what this is, then cool, let's do it. And I'm looking at this like a good luck charm, essentially, right? right. right? Like help me get the things that I want and I will light these candles, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah This is all I have to do. <laughs> yeah. Give and take, yeah, It seemed pretty simple. Uh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It seemed really simple. But uh, then uh, I I enjoyed going to the seance things. I, I enjoyed... Participating in it. And uh, so, just for those of you guys that are listening that do not know what Santeria actually is, mm-hmm. right? It is a blend of African spirituality, specifically from like the Yoruba tribes and Yoruba religions. Uh, with Roman Catholicism, and the way that this happened is the um, during the slave trade, right? Uh, mostly in Cuba, that's where it started, but it's it spread as well, right? So the um, when the slave trade happened, it was like you had to be Catholic, mass baptisms, mm-hmm. you know, like you you're not allowed to worship your African spiritual whatever's, you're not doing it, not happening, you're Catholic. So what they started doing was disguising the African deities that they were worshiping, uh, they called them Orishas, and they started disguising them as saints. Mm-hmm. So that way, they could continue to to practice it. Right. And so that uh, kind of merger is what created what's known as Santeria. Now it's known by other names in other places, but essentially, the umbrella term would be Santeria, right? Worship, mm-hmm. worship of the saints right?
0: Why did I think that it was like a Spanish origin? Is that just me? Well,
2: because it was this, it was the Spanish slave trade, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was, um, in Cuba, then it was in Dominican Republic, then Puerto yeah. Rico, then Brazil and all of this. And so mm-hmm. it has a big Spanish influence because this, okay. the Spaniards were the ones, you know, the, the reason that everyone out here in Puerto Rico speaks Spanish is because the Spaniards came here and colonized it you know mm-hmm. so that's how the spanish twist kind of kind of got on it because it, it flourished in places like cuba and and the caribbean right mm-hmm. It also mm-hmm. has a lot of similarities to voodoo um yeah yeah so there's a lot of similarities to voodoo that's because it's essentially the same you know it all traces back to the same to yeah, the same yeah, yeah. essentially the same dude satan mm-hmm. but that's uh um <laughs> yeah
1: it's a whole we're, other thing. We're getting a little ahead <laughs> of the the story here. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> rewind. Um, so I didn't know any of this. I, they didn't. They never told me about the African uh, spirituality side of it, and I didn't find that out till much, 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 much later, right? Sure. So mm-hmm. now, I the my first smack in the face of reality with this was I was on a date with somebody. And I was wearing the beads that they give me for protection, right? And uh, this woman, she was a Latina woman, and she's like, John, what are those beads that you have on your neck? And I'm like, This chick don't know about Santeria, like the, me, the, <laughs> yeah. the white dude's about to school, the Latina uh-huh. woman about this, like this is this is how I'm thinking, right? Shows sure. you how shows you human depravity, um, yeah, so. I'm like so excited to tell her about this. So I'm like, yeah, these are the saints and they do this and they do that and blah, blah, blah. And and the woman, she, you know, gets possessed by the saints and this, that. And she's like, yeah, John, those aren't saints. Those are demons. Mm. And I was like, what, uh, what? This chick's crazy. You know, <laughs> I just, I just chalked her up to being crazy. And she told me to read something in the Bible. I never read it. I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't tell you exactly what it is, but that kind of planted a seed for me and mm-hmm. I was like, all right, whatever, but I'm gonna still keep doing this. Cause I don't even really believe in angels and demons and all this stuff. Like I really, yeah, yeah, I really don't. So, uh, just some, some quick stories of what I've witnessed in some of these, uh, sessions. Um, this woman would like, uh, she'd pour wax on people and like fling beer around the, um, uh, around the room, like she'd have a, a beer bottle and just go whoosh, like that. And like beer would go everywhere. Right. Mm. Um, she would drink like bottles of rum to the face, like just guzzle the whole entire thing um, okay. during these sessions and smoke cigars.
1: Thirsty saints.
2: I know. Right. Wow. right. Um, and she would smoke the cigars. Like you ever, you remember in like Looney Tunes when somebody's smoking a cigar, it's like one puff and it's like all the way done.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I got to wit I got to witness that in real life. I was Christ. witnessing wow. So That's then I, I there was one time she cracked a glass over her head like a cup, a glass cup and then ate the pieces of glass, right? Mm. No. Yeah. And I'm I'm watching all this stuff and I'm rationalizing it in my sure. head, you know? Yeah. I'm like, oh, this must be powerful because she's able to do this and not get hurt. And I'm like really, really rationalizing all of this mm-hmm. stuff in my head. I look back at it now like you idiot. Um, <laughs> like, how could you be so stupid? But I yeah. I was pretty stupid back then. So uh, um, <laughs> I would say I'm relatively stupid now, too
1: but you get on that you get on <laughs> that trajectory with you know you, you you're wanting something so badly you mm-hmm, know yeah. like your career to to jump off and you're wanting to to become something to 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 give back to the world creatively and uh and then these people come in there and they trick you you know and and you yep. don't know that you're being tricked but that's how they get a hold of you because your passion and your power and all the things that you're bringing to the kingdom now, that's what they want to distract you from, you mm-hmm. know? And it's really hard to see that at first, you know, because we're like, Oh, this is what we want to do. This is where we want to go. And God's like, no, 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 no I'll pull the reins because we actually want to go this way. Yeah. And, uh, so it's cool to see, that you go on a trajectory where you think you're going somewhere and then you end up somewhere completely different, mm-hmm. but it all matters. You know, it all matters to the story, to the journey. So it's cool to listen to your, your testimony. Matt. it's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So yeah, were these,
0: were these, you know, seances or get togethers just at people's houses or did they have like a facility, a building? Like, Not it was was all people's, going on?
2: it was all people's houses. Hmm. Okay. Yep. It was it was a party. It was an event. Yeah. Like it was it was uh worldly speaking it was fun, you know? Yeah. That's right. that's why I looked forward to it. And um so I eventually uh got invited invited to church, right? Mm-hmm. Um so I started business and that got me into like law of attraction stuff, but it also got me around people who believed in God. And this was like mind-blowing to me because yeah. some of these people were multi-millionaires and in my mind i had like um in my mind i thought that you had to be poor in order to be like a christian Uh, that's Mm -hmm. just what i thought unless you were like a televangelist or something like that um this is that's what i thought and when these guys were not poor but they would talk about jesus non-stop like so much that i wanted to be like yo shut up you know (laughs) um it, it was it got it piqued my interest Right, yeah. um, and then I eventually got invited to church. Uh, I was I'm from New York, so I, it was to Hillsong, and the way mm-hmm. that they got me was saying, "Yo, you gotta come to this church. It's like a rock concert. You gotta come." Mm-hmm. And by this point, you know, I'm I'm still got my candles and everything, still doing all that stuff. Now I'm into the law of attraction, thinking that it's science, and you know, so I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm like just following anything essentially now. Um, yeah, yeah, and so. He was like, you got to come to church. And at first I'm like, look, I'm not a, I'm not a church dude. Like I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just not. And he's mm-hmm. like, John, this church is different. You have to go. And we know it was different. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I went there and I had a good time. You know, uh, the music was awesome. The, um, there's a bunch of people my age there. It was, it was, I never experienced anything like it as far mm-hmm. as this being a quote unquote church you know? Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed it, but I wasn't, you know, it's not like I went there one time and I'm like, Jesus, you know, that's not, that's not what happened. Yeah. Um, so I, I started attending though, because I enjoyed it. And I was also into motivational speaking and you know, the, the Hillsong model was kind of a motivational speaking church. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So it, it, you know, God definitely used that to get me interested. Then I went to another church. Uh, one of my friends invited me up there and I'm like, Oh, this church. Cool. That church might be cool too. So I went and by the end of it, I was at uh, you know, I was at the bottom doing the whole altar call, took the little Mm -hmm. pamphlet and everything. And um, then I went home to to my mother's house uh, because she lived by that church. And I was like, what the heck did I just do? Am I a Mm -hmm. Christian? I don't think I'm a Christian. I I, like started, (laughs) you know, playing these things over in my mind. And I came to the conclusion I was not a Christian. Mm. And that, but now I was like, all right, I'm going to figure this stuff out because I got a lot going on here. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to figure this out. And I went down the rabbit hole of, well, many rabbit holes of, you know, just studying Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, atheism, um, Judaism, uh, Islam, like all of these things. I started studying and it brought me to the person of Jesus, mm. you know, everybody from every worldview tries to explain who jesus is he is obviously somebody very 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 important Mm -hmm. right so i mean the calendar the calendars changed because of him you know it's just he is an obviously important person so i'm looking at what these religions say about jesus also like hinduism and buddhism they kind of uh that whole the universe is god thing I'm mm-hmm. like, how's the universe, God? We have a big bang. You know, we have the beginning yeah. of the universe. How how could how could this be God? It's mm-hmm. we're believing in a in a limited God, if that's the case. Um, right. So that kind of was an easy no. You guys got some cool philosophy, but I can't. You know, if you're going to deny like basic mm-hmm. uh, knowledge about the universe, like I just I probably can't trust everything else that you're right. saying. It yeah so
1: NASA, we're I, to Huh? i was just kidding i said nasa we're talking to you
2: yeah yeah <laughs>
1: guys good to see you
2: um but so we um we uh i you know went down these rabbit holes and just came to the person of jesus i watched a lot of like atheist versus christian debates and i got into like reliability of the new testament and at that time i, I really didn't even comprehend what New Testament was, you know, Old Testament, yeah, yeah. New Testament. I, I was just kind of learning these things. I knew what the four gospels were. Um and then when I started learning about Paul and and the uh you know the epistles and and who Paul was and like why did all these people want to die for saying that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, why are people still today trying to explain away the empty tomb and the sites of uh huh. um, you know, Jesus being resurrected from the dead and all these things are going on in my mind and I can't tell you when it happened but it happened where I was like Jesus is who he says he is I just I think that he is right. and uh if he says that he's the only way to the father I'm going to put my trust in him and and I'm going to say cool that guy's going to get me to heaven that that's right. how I just looked at it at first like not all paths don't lead to heaven uh it's obviously clear to me that Jesus rose from the dead I'm going to trust him for my salvation and right that was kind of it at that point i i didn't know theology i knew more apologetics than i knew theology right Right. yeah i didn't i didn't didn't stop lighting my candles i didn't um uh stop practicing the law of attraction i didn't stop you know uh drinking and and doing debaucherous stuff like i just i just didn't but Mm -hmm. i i did believe that jesus is who he says he is and that he's the only way to heaven and Mm -hmm. It it, it's so incredible how God will, when you are his, he'll put up with your nonsense for, um, you know, to an extent, he will put up your nonsense. He's got a lot of patience, but eventually he's, you know, I I don't want to say he swept the rug out from under me, but he allowed it to be swept. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. And, um, I stumbled into a really good church, like just mm-hmm. stumbling. This was after, you know, I was living in Miami, driving a six series BMW, making money, spending it faster than I make it, you know, just all of this craziness. Um, mm-hmm. I actually got baptized in in Miami and I got baptized thinking that it would make my life better. You know, I still had this, I had like a prosperity gospel mindset kind yeah. of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then when I, I'm looking at my life and it's like just going in shambles, I'm like, I obviously, I must be believing something wrong about God. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, I can, I'm assured that my salvation is intact from putting my trust there. But something's off, right? Because I'm thinking that if you're a Christian, now life is going to be easy. You know, you right. have all these yep. blessings and all this stuff, this nonsense that prosperity gospel preachers preach. And I'm just like, something's off, right? And I had a Before I came, like, and everything started falling, uh, falling apart. I was more interested in learning, like, actual theology. And I have a a mentor, thank God, for this uh, man named David Peach. I speak about him in the book. Mm -hmm. He, his father was pastor. His father's father was a pastor. Like, he comes from a line of real. Hey, this is how you read the Bible. This is the context. This is Mm -hmm. a go get yourself a study Bible. Read it slowly. Don't just try to speed through this. Like he he really taught me how to read it and since i started reading it correctly now i was like searching for the truth right Mm -hmm. and that that's when i ended up in a good church and it was the first time that i was around people who wanted to walk the walk you know Mm -hmm. who wanted to live out the christian values that are found in the bible and that changed everything for me you know Mm -hmm. I, I never been to a church. We spent 72 weeks in Mark, you know, <laughs> I, I never been to a church that just, that just walked yeah, through yeah. script scripture. Yeah. Like that. And that kind of changed everything for me. It was like the things that I used to love. I started to hate. And mm-hmm. um, through this process, I really dove into the law of attraction and like debunking it. I, I, I remember I, also with the Centuria stuff, my um, the guy David Peach. We were at Del Frisco's after a sales training, right, in, in New York City, and he's just talking about the end times. And while he's talking about, it, I'm thinking about these stupid candles I got lit at home, <laughs> and. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, when I get home, I'm destroying that thing. And that's what I did. I went home, I like destroyed the altar. I'm like, I rebuke you in the name of it. I don't even know what I'm doing. You know, like I'm just, (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm breaking it. uh, I threw some of it in the woods. I think I burned some of it. Like I was just done with it all. And so that's kind of how I transitioned out of Santeria. And then I transitioned out of the law of attraction. Once I discovered all of the new age implications. I wish I could transfer out of my next door neighbor's dogs barking,
0: but
1: (laughs) I can't. It'll come, you know, there's stages to life, you know, these days. (laughs) But yeah, man, no, it's such a powerful testimony to know that, you know, you, you have all these people surrounding you and you're and you're looking and and the Bible says do not covet, but we do, right? We look around mm-hmm. at all of the people's stuff. You got, you know, people with nice houses and nice cars and you know, they got their children on Instagram, everybody looks pretty and nice and everybody's put together, and then you realize that not everybody's put together. Everybody's a heaping mess and that we're all just lying to each other on social media and what we really need to do is get back to the basics of community community you know Mm -hmm. like you found in in a church where we where we come back into community and we say okay let's talk about these things that really break us apart socially right And let's talk about them in our community like with our neighbors and with our people and figure out like what we really care about what are the things that are really important to us because everything you hear from the noise box on the wall is telling you that you know the world's on fire and everybody hates each other and there's so much racism and there's so much this, but then I'm walking down the street and I'm waving to my neighbors and everybody's saying hi and everybody's fine. You know, we need to get back to that community where we stop worrying about everything that's going on and really honing in on Jesus and listening to what it is that he's really saying and reading, as you said, reading the Bible for ourselves and slowing down as your mentor said, just Mm -hmm. taking your time to really digest what jesus is talking about and i think in american culture we've gotten used to listening to people talk to us and not participating at all you know and and i think there there's a book called uh pagan christianity i don't know if you've ever heard of it it's by that a guy sounds, named uh, frank viola it sounds heard of like that i've one? heard
2: of i've heard of frank viola but i i didn't uh, I didn't know he wrote a book called Pagan Christianity, but that sounds like it needs to be pushed up to the top of my reading list. <laughs> yeah,
1: dude, it's an epic book, and he basically goes through how we got to where we are now in Christian churches and how we do. He basically says that he was sitting in the back of church one day, like, why are we doing this? Why do we do that? Why do these people stand up here and sing? Why do the Why does the pastor stand behind that box? You know, like he was really breaking all that stuff down in his mind, and he found out that a lot of things that christians do nowadays are have been introduced from paganism uh slyly and just kind of people just been pushing it in from the side here and there just
0: little bits at a time it's like small compromises over and over again and then all of a sudden you're like whoa how did i get here
1: yeah, yeah, so he talks about how we went from house churches where we were basically communities meeting together, and then every once in a while we'd get together and have these big community meetings. and But now we've gone back to the stadiums and the arenas where it's one person up there talking, like you said, the motivational speaker. That's what gets people in the door, which is good, but we also got to do that digging in to the Bible, you know, and mm-hmm. be a Berean, as the Bible says. These These are the group of people that would go after the message and they would look it up themselves. This guy, is he full of crap or is he telling me the truth? Right. Yep. You know, that's and if how you think of be- church
0: as a, you know, as a business, nobody wants to leave church feeling like crap. You know, yeah. you're, you're, you don't want to go and, and be, you know, have all of your sins broadcast and have, but that's what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we shouldn't be going there expecting to fill up our self-esteem and get all of that stuff taken care of. And then we forget what the, pastor said 10 minutes out the door, you know, and then we're on to lunch. Like, where are we going to eat lunch at? You know, I know I yeah. Don't. that's, but that's what people, that's what people expect from church. That's why it's gotten so watered down that, you know, it's just corporate church, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's tough.
2: Um, so I think that there should be a, a, like we should have a mirror held up to our face, but we yeah. shouldn't leave church feeling miserable. we should, leave church feeling grateful that, Mm -hmm. you know, even in our sin, Christ died for us, you know, and, and that if we, so we can reflect on our lives and, and say, you know what, there's some things that I want to change because not because the pastor is telling me that I need to change, not because, um, you know, of some emotional reason, but because I am grateful to God for Mm -hmm. what he has done to open the doors wide of of mm. heaven the the path is narrow but the doors are wide open you know mm-hmm. and it, it he has allowed for that for me to have access to that path mm. i want to live in a way that glorifies the one who did this for me you know yeah it, we i think that changing any of your bad habits or your sins or, or anything for any other reason except um, your love for God is superficial, and it's going to just come back around, right? Yes. You know, yep, totally. And I, I do really agree with though of church should not just be a motivational speech, because I, you know, with the whole Hillsong fallout, I was out of there long before then, and not Hillsong wasn't all bad. You know, there right. there was no. yeah. a huge it was a huge mess, but it wasn't all bad. Um, I went to uh, there's a, a guy named Nathan Finocchio he did college classes there. And man, mm-hmm. I didn't even know about different denominations. Like I didn't know um, mm-hmm. the Trinity, you know, I, I just didn't know these things. And those college classes helped me learn so much. And he's a, he's a really, really, really good teacher. He's no longer with Hillsong. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like I, I learned a lot. But after the fallout, I don't, I don't even know a handful of people who are back at another church, mm. you know, or who are even believers anymore. You know, I just mm. – or were they even believers or were they just going for the same reasons I was going because it felt good to be there, yeah. you know? Mm. And I think every now and then a, a nice motivational speech – from your pastor to give you some, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a kick in the butt to, to, you know, have some passion in your life and, and, and stuff like that's, that's cool, but it shouldn't be an everyday thing, yeah. you know, right. you, right. you got to teach people the word you could kick them in the butt, motivate them every now and then, but you got to teach them the word.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and you gotta encourage them to be reading it themselves and mm-hmm. digging in and going going line by line and really trying to dig into who Jesus was and why he came and what the message was because the Bible is an overarching story uh and, and there's a lot to it and it's hard at, you know at the beginning we talked to a guy that was sucking a lot like you didn't know anything about church didn't know anything about that and he said he you know he was just hungry like you were and and a lot of people that come to the faith that don't know much about it didn't grow up in the church they that's that flipped switch really becomes this in in insatiable hunger where people just want more of the gospels Mm -hmm. want more of the word who is jesus what did he say why and uh and we and we live in such a great time to where now people can just find all that information online the problem is and this is going back to the sanctuary discussion is that everything that god is doing satan is trying to mirror So that you get distracted and there's two paths that are going kind of side by side. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the door's wide open and this path is small, but this path is leading downhill. It might be slowly, but it's, it's going downhill. You know, so it's important to make those points, and I think that you do such a great job of that. Of saying, like, don't get yourself into a situation where you don't know anything about what you're doing. Yeah, you know, you have to do this research, and you have to listen to what other people have experienced, so that you know that this is a trap.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and theology is so important. I think we're, you know, just from my experience of, of watching christian content creation and being in that environment now and and seeing who's popular who's like you know um not so popular me um and you know just listening to 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 how people think about a christian walk there they look at theology as like this side note you know, mm-hmm. they look at studying the Bible as like this, this like, oh, all you care about is head knowledge. And it's like, what are you talking about, dude? Like you're, you're, um, you're saved two minutes and you're already telling people that you don't need to read the Bible. What are you, what are you talking about? It's yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah. Um, you know, I, I, see so many people who are so focused on experience and the power of God and the, you know, all this, it, to me, it's just new age. Uh, like you're a new age Christian. Essentially, if yeah. all you're focused on is experience and you know the power of God to have authority over this and and like all this stuff, and I'm like, bro, just I think everybody who becomes a Christian, yeah, you should tell people about Jesus, but you should be honest and be like, yeah, I don't know a lot uh, about mm-hmm. the Bible, and you should take. Time to learn it take those first those first few years to learn good theology i wish i could like bloop, bloop, rewind and mm-hmm. go back and be like john shut up just call david peach right now and yeah, ask yeah. him yeah you <laughs> know ask him how this stuff works so you can have a foundation to, yeah. to stand on and theology is so awesome because i listen to you know so many different uh, people's perspectives on eh, eh, like how they come to their conclusions like calvinism or arminianism right. um you know mm-hmm. provisionism and and you know eschatology is something that interests me so much you know some people believe in postmillennialism some people premillennialism some people don't believe in a rapture some people do like and all these all these theological issues you have to have a foundation mm-hmm. in basic theology For you to, for you to enjoy the conversations on the, the non salvific issues. Right.
1: Yeah, right.
2: And people don't like, they don't do that. They, they just, they just throw, it's like they throw the Bible out and like, I don't need the Bible. I just want Jesus. It's like, uh, ah, well, he wants you to read the Bible, you know?
0: Right. And I think it's, you know, digging into the Bible where you, you know, you really learn God and Jesus, their character, who they were, what they did. And that, that is a motivation in itself to want to, you know, emulate what they did, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of, I don't know. makes, makes me feel like I know, you know, if you know a person better, then you're more likely to follow what they're saying. Yeah. almost.
2: It's like, if uh, I look at, um, you know, me and my wife's relationship, right? If I had no way to verbally communicate with her and I could not see her Every day, but she left me a huge book of messages that she would that she wants me to understand and mm-hmm. and things about herself and things about how she views me. If I couldn't speak to my wife or see my wife, I'm reading that book every single day because right. I love her so much and I want I want to know her. You know, yeah, that's a beautiful when way. It, to that. When it comes to the creator of the whole entire universe. We look at the Bible as if it's like, Yeah, I don't I don't really need that. What are you insane? God is not, you know, speaking audibly all day to people just because okay. they're saved. Like that's not that's not happening. He left yeah. us this for a reason. He left the Bible to us for a reason.
1: Yeah. To and read it. it. Over yes. over millennia you know just trying to trying to keep it out of the hands of bad people you Mm -hmm. know and and trying to get it to all of us where where it belongs and i mean just the just the proofs from that alone, you know, how did the ba- Bible make it this long? And it, it, we can arguably say that there might be some things that have been left out, but there's, there's a lot of uh, truth in there and it's provable truth. People have done the research. They've done the 10,000 hours of work to try to prove it wrong and they can't. And okay. these are skilled, educated experts, as you would have called them you know, a couple of years ago. Um, these are experts in their field And these are people that have done the work and they've said, "Eh, yeah, the Bible's true. Jesus is the guy. But Mm -hmm. like you said, when you came to that point, There was still another point or still another uh, step that you had to take, which is to to actually invite him in and, and make that repentance or that change of heart where now you're following him as if as if he is your king. And it's and we talked about on our last episode, the the whole idea of kingdom and how Jesus is coming uh back one day and that there is a kingdom that we're supposed to be inaugurating now you know and and if we were all doing that right now we would be coming a, a lot further as a society and coming a lot closer to him but these distractions that we're talking about in this conversation like santeria and and all of these different new age principles and things they get you off onto these tangents to where you're just like i don't even know where reality is anymore and you're so confused that you're just like uh and you just pick you know it's almost like opening your bible for the first time We're like what are we going to read today god you know (laughs) and uh but the the reality is is that's kind of where it is. you know when you begin to deconstruct your religion like you did and start to piece it apart and be like, "Okay, let's take everything by the numbers now, what's Catholicism, what's mormonism what's you know and you go mm-hmm. through all of these and you're like, "Okay, now what do I believe what How does this affect me?" And I think people need to do that for themselves because too many people are walking through this earth just like uh." Eh. It doesn't really matter well my question is is what if it does
2: there's a there's a quote from c.s lewis it says uh he says christianity if false is of no importance if true of the utmost importance the only thing it cannot be is moderately important Mm -hmm. and i think apathy is is one of the devil's best tools i mean i don't know i don't know i don't have conversations with the devil but just from seeing how the world is, I think apathy, as far as the afterlife, apathy towards the afterlife yeah. is, uh, is is a tool that keeps people from knowing the truth because they, they have this nonchalant attitude of, oh, yeah, well, I don't know. And then you ask, will you get to heaven? Yeah, I'm a good person. You know, it, it's <laughs> it's this like this, I don't know, or it, I wouldn't even call it agnosticism. It's, it's really apathy, apathetic as yeah, agnosticism. I, I, I guess yeah. that could be it. And um, that is, I think, very dangerous, especially because most people are not atheists, right? Like they're just, they're not. I think it's something like like three to nine percent of of the population, I don't know something really low. Most people believe in some sort of higher power, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a few research done, um, and just just Christians alone believe the sixty three percent of Christians believe in at least one New Age belief, and mm-hmm. I think even more than that um, call themselves spiritual but not religious, right? So mm-hmm. atheism is like. You know, we we fight against it a lot, but it's it's really not the biggest uh um devourer of souls, if you could put it. Mm-hmm. It, it would be um apathetic agnosticism slash spiritual, not religious, you know, because then you right. think Ooh, that was <laughs> that's <was> awful.
1: <laughs> I like that.
2: Uh, a lot of syllables there too. Um you know because <laughs> then you think you, you have this this connection to whatever this divine higher power is if you're spiritual, not religious. You, you think that you're good just because you have this connection. You know, I'm spiritual. Um, and then you're if, if you're apathetic, you're like, yeah, well, whatever. I don't know. We'll see what happens. That's the majority of people. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that it is so important for, you know, things like you guys are doing to just talk about God. Mm-hmm. You, you don't gotta, you know. Uh, there's another thing in Christianity that bothers me, where it's it's like, well, how many people have you shared the gospel with this week? It's like, <laughs> yeah. like, shut up, dude. This, so, yeah. you know, I'm 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 trying, but you also got to have good timing too, you know. <laughs> <Yes>. Um
1: <laughs> Like you lacked just now. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's hilarious, um, but. Dang, you threw me off track. Um, Sorry, it's quite I, all right. It's quite all right. Who does that? Oh, oh I'm but but you know, doing stuff like what you guys are doing of just talking about God subjects, mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. about Jesus subjects, and uh, Greg Cokel puts it a good way. He says you just got to put a pebble in somebody's shoe. Just put mm-hmm. a pebble in their shoe, and uh, you know, or plant a seed, and just expect God to send someone else to water it. And mm-hmm. that's how I look at. Just talking about Jesus, the truth of Jesus, mm-hmm. is so important.
0: Right. And I think a lot of people are intimidated by Christians because they think that that we know everything. And so we're trying to kind of on this show just open things up like, well, we don't know everything, but let's just talk about just that's all we got to do is talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and between all of us, we can probably figure it out. You know we have this amazing guidebook that we can read mm-hmm. that gives us the blueprint that we need. It's like, but, but people don't want to talk to a lot of Christians because we use these Christianese terms mm-hmm. that don't make any sense. And they're like, okay, never mind. I'm, I'm not, I'm not smart enough to talk with these people, but yeah, it's, it doesn't have to be that way.
2: So, uh, my pastor, um, he flew out to Guatemala to marry me and my wife. Right. And my brother who is an atheist got stuck with my pastor for, um, like four days prior to the wedding. Right. And, and he, like my brother, I think went into these four days. He's my brother's cool. Like he, he, he's one of those people where it's like, yeah, believe whatever the heck you want, you know? Um, but he, uh, I think he went into it expecting my pastor to be like this, you know, wh- whatever a, a super liberal would think a pastor is, you know? Right. Um, mm. th- like that's what he went into it. And then afterwards he was like, yo, John, your pastor is awesome. I love that guy. He's <laughs> so cool, you know? And like, like exactly what you said, Kristen, is that like people – they have this perception of they don't want to talk to Christians because they think they're going to get hit with all this Christianese. And my pastor, my pa- there was actually two pastors out there, the pastor and the co-pastor came. And they both just had a blast with my whole entire family, you know, exploring <laughs> Guatemala and going to these different things. And they became really good friends. And because of that, my brother went to his church. Now, it didn't, you know, uh, he didn't convert or anything like that. But just the yeah. fact... That my pastor, by just being a regular dude, Mm -hmm. was able to, you know, when I was in town, I was like, hey, I'm going to Pastor Phil's church. He was like, cool, I'll meet you there. I was like, whoa.
0: Uh, Okay. That's his need, though. That's all he needed. And you don't know what God's (laughs) going to do with that. You're like, why? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I didn't say anything. I was just like, okay, cool, I'll see you
2: there. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. you know he's like yeah i'll go i'll go there i love that guy and then you know he asked me some questions about uh the bible afterwards and then kept him moving but uh you know that that just shows you about putting the pebble in somebody's shoe and and also about how you know we're supposed to be with people Mm -hmm. um slapping everybody with the bible usually doesn't doesn't work you know but being the one christian friend Where your lost friends would be like, you know what? There's a lot of hypocrite Christians out there, but you know, Kristen, I I think I could ask her some questions about God. Rick, I think I could ask him some questions about God and not Mm -hmm. feel like, like they're judging my questions. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's how we gotta be. Like, you know, you know, our values, you know what we stand for, but you know, we stand for them in love.
0: Right. Right. You know? Well, like Rick always says, you know, we're supposed to be in the marketplace. We're supposed to be out, you know, we're not supposed to be standing behind a podium and doing, you know, there is a place for that too. Don't get me wrong, but we're supposed to be out in the marketplace. It's a fact, Rick.
1: Yeah, I heard that somewhere. It might have been in the Bible, but Jesus was, uh, you know, Jesus was out in the marketplace and he was mingling with all these people that you'd be, you know, probably the nightlife that you were talking about, you know. He, could you imagine watching God walk into that scene and just be? just mingling around, you know, just walking Mm -hmm. up to all these people in there and just be like, hi, my name's Jesus. What's going on? You know? And, and that, and that's where he was, but he didn't leave it at that. Then he would go over and stand up on a table and be like, Hey, I got something to say. And, uh, things would get weird and Mm -hmm. that was good, you know, but he was telling the, he was telling the religious people of that time, like you guys are the problem you guys are the problem you guys aren't teaching like he Mm -hmm. like he tells nicodemus when nicodemus comes to him he says aren't you the teacher of jerusalem like what how do you not know this you know and he he was baffled by these religious leaders and how they just you're just not doing your job you guys are more concerned about you and your and your lofty titles and your all of these things and In the reality of the situation is he didn't even have a pillow to lay his head on. And to go back to your point before, you thought all Christians were supposed to be broke. You know, you get that understanding because of who Jesus was. But that doesn't mean that Jesus is preaching the message of poverty. Some people take that to the extreme. He's saying, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven And his righteousness and what all that broken down from Christianese means is choose to be a good person and do things in order to the way in which the creator of this place designed it to go. So play the game the way it's supposed to be played. This isn't Grand Theft Auto Mm -hmm. where you just get to go around and (laughs) murder hookers and do whatever. Like Play the game the way that it's designed to be played and you'll be good. Follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what we need to get is, is stop being afraid of talking about Jesus because it's the most important message in the whole world. Amen. Because like we said before, if it doesn't matter, then it doesn't matter. But if it does, like there should be something in you that's that pebble in your foot that says, mm-hmm. mm, maybe it does matter. Yeah, And I don't want to go to my deathbed on a, you know, on a whim and just be like, maybe, maybe Buddha was the guy. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: we have to be, we we have to live in urgency with patience, Mm
1: -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like
2: Mm -hmm. we have to we have to urgently talk to people about Jesus, Mm -hmm. but be patient for their response. You know, Mm -hmm. I I had people try to talk to me about Jesus. I wouldn't say my whole life, but many times throughout my debauchery, Mm -hmm. I couldn't even hear them. You know, and I, I I look at now when I talk to people about Jesus and there's like no response to it Mm -hmm. and it frustrates me. And I'm like, man, I used to be the one who frustrated people. So Mm -hmm. we have to be patient and, and, and show long suffering in that patience with, with our, with love. You know, we don't got to accept everything, Mm -hmm. but we have to make sure that we come from a place of love. And it's very easy to, to grab the moral high ground, um, on, on, On people, but you got to speak to them in their language so they can hear it and then be patient with the response. Because when stuff hits the fan, you know, and, and they're seeking answers, they have to be comfortable enough to come ask you.
0: Mm-hmm. True. That's exactly it.
1: Yeah. And like Paul says, I, I become everything to everybody so that some might be saved. Amen. And, and he's not talking about being fake or changing who he is, but he's basically saying, I'm going to meet them where they are so that then I could, and and the word saved really uh, uh, throws people off. Sometimes we're not talking about a conversion. We're talking about the salvation is your life Mm -hmm. with God from now into eternity. That's to break down what Paul's talking about. He's saying that if you do this, you can have this. And I'm taking this message to all of the Gentiles that don't know anything about it. And to unpack that word Gentile, that just means the people that weren't the Jewish people of that time. So the Jewish people of that time were in or so they thought. And then Jesus came back and said, now everybody's in. So he kicks the door to heaven open. And like you said, it's wide doors now. And now we've got Paul talking to these people that have never thought that they had an opportunity to come in ever and saying, welcome in, you're invited. And this is what you have to do. You have to believe that this guy that died on the cross and rose again is the God of this, all of this. And he's chosen you to come in. All you gotta do is accept that free gift. And you can imagine minds exploding and how much that was tearing up the world Mm -hmm. at that time. But we're so far removed from that So now we can openly talk about it, but we don't. Mm -hmm. And Paul's like risking his life to talk about it. And we just won't talk about it because it makes me uncomfortable in the grocery store when some lady's got her kids and I'm just like, oh, I don't want to. Or when I pull up to a stoplight and I got my Christian music blaring and I'm like, I better turn that down because I don't want anybody to hear it out my windows. (laughs) You know, And you're just like, whatever happened to Romans 116? You know, like I I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, this is But
2: let me turn the volume down. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Well, you just have to lose that fear.
2: It's because, uh, uh, you know, fear of rejection, uh, mm-hmm. fear of, you know, not being accepted by society. These, these are all things because we are created for community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But okay. we're, we are created for the correct community. It's just we have um, kind of swapped out our correct community for the collective community. And, mm-hmm. and now we just, we just want to be accepted. Right. And I'm not saying you, me as as we, but we generally as humans, Mm -hmm. since we are relational beings, we just want to be accepted by the other people that are around us. And also we want them to like us. Mm -hmm. So if we talk about Jesus, that's a risk that -hmm. somebody might not like you now. But Mm -hmm. yeah, so um, we do got to get over that.
1: Yeah. I'm just convinced everybody likes me and so I just don't worry about it oh, anymore. Boy. There
2: That'd we be go. an awesome place to be. I <laughs> wish I could get there. I wish I could get there. <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: I'm just kidding. Well, hey man, this has been such a fun conversation. I'm so mm-hmm. grateful and thankful that you were uh willing to take the time to come on. Um we just want to promote the heck out of your book because we think you've done a great job of tying that all together. And obviously, uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg, uh, you know, talking about what we've talked about this tonight um, because your book goes into way more detail. And so can you tell people where they can find your book, the full name of your book, where people can find you on your socials and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, definitely. Thank you. First, I just want to say thanks again for having me on. This was a lot of fun. This, the time like flew by. I just looked at
1: the at the time. I know, I like, did oh, my too. gosh.
2: It's <laughs> it's it's over already. Right. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Tears.
2: But uh, oh. yeah, the crying face emoji. Um, <laughs> but so you can find me if you just search John Clash, J.O.N. There is no H involved. Um, so John Clash. Uh, you'll be able to find pretty much everything if you go on amazon and just type in john clash it's the first thing that pops up but the the book is titled law of attraction a gateway drug to spiritual heroin and like i said you just go on huh
1: such a great title i love it Mm -hmm. thank
2: you thank you um I think the universe might have given it to me somewhere, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so good. Uh, so but um, <laughs> y- yeah, you can find it on on uh, uh, just on on Amazon. And if you enjoy it, please leave a review. That that yeah, really yeah. helps me.
1: Yeah, yeah, please do, and uh get his book. Well we're really trying to c- encourage our listeners to support people like you. You know the the. Mm-hmm the controllers of this world have got enough money. Let's support these, uh, these people that are tirelessly putting in their own time, their own energy, a lot of times on the side and, and, right. and trying to, to get something out to the public because they're passionate about people. Mm-hmm. And so we want to promote people like you because we think that's a way better thing to support than all the other junk that we support so Mm -hmm. anyway brother great to meet you we hope you have a great rest of your night and uh let's do this again soon what do you say
2: yeah definitely we got to do a part two
0: yes yeah i
1: would love that (laughs) all right you guys stay fringy out there and john we'll see you on the next one buddy this is that's so fringy podcast we'll see you on the next Bye. bye bye